and welcome to Murder, Murder Sisters. <laughs> Murder. Sorry if you can hear a little jangling in the background. That's Abigail. Hey! And she's licking my face right now. <laughs> okay. Why don't you introduce <laughs> the, the whole reason behind our podcast? Because this is our first episode. And yeah. Just- okay. First of all, the name of our podcast, Murder Sisters, we are going to be talking about crime and murder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're obviously sisters. I'm Elisa. I'm Justine. Justine's elder. I'm the elderly. (laughs) And yeah, basically, we're going to, we're not really sure how this is going to work, if we're going to do one episode a week. But yeah, we're going to just cover crime, disappearances, murders. Whatever strikes our fancy that is related to horrible stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Much. Disturbing, horrible things. For this first case, we wanted to cover the disappearance of Morgan Nick. I'm going to start by just like explaining a little bit about her family life, the actual disappearance, what led up to that, and what happened when she disappeared. Okay. (laughs) Okay. John and Colleen Nick gave birth to Morgan Chantel Nick on September 12th, 1988. She was the oldest of three with a younger brother named Logan and baby sister named Taryn. Morgan was raised in Ozark, Arkansas, <laughs> which is a town surrounded by mountains, rivers, forests, and lakes, and has a population of less than 4,000. So it's pretty small town living. So you said Ozark? Mm-hmm. Is that the same place where the show Ozark is filmed, mm-hmm. or is that... It's not. So I thought the same thing. I was like super excited because I watched the show Ozark Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, I could see what it looks like there. And it actually is in Ozark, Arkansas. This case is in Ozark, Arkansas. And the show is Ozark, Missouri. Missouri. Yeah. Not the same Ozark. Tons of Ozarks in the United States. I don't know. I know of two now. Equals tons. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Morgan was in school. She signed up for tracks. You have to remember, like, when she went missing, she was six years old. She must have been in, what, first grade or something to sign up for track? Probably back then, yes. Nowadays, I think they don't let kids start kindergarten until they're six. I don't know. But anyway, so she tried track in school and realized she didn't like it because she didn't like sweating, which is great. (laughs) So anyways, she didn't enjoy the track which is understandable. I get it. So she joined the Girl Scouts. And Mm -hmm. she said she wanted to join the Girl Scouts because she could stay inside and glue stuff. That's what her mom (laughs) said, which is super cute. I think that Morgan enjoyed the Girl Scouts. The night she went missing, she was wearing a green Girl Scout shirt. Mm -hmm. So she represented when she was out. Morgan's personality has been described as energetic. She was a bit of a prankster. She loved making people laugh. She had aspirations to be a doctor or a circus performer. (laughs) When Morgan was five, she adopted a kitten and named her Emily. I love that. I love like animals that have people names. names. yeah. Yeah. And she was really maternal with her kitten. She was super close to it. She just took, you know, really good care of it. 
They slept together every night, and there's a cute picture of them sleeping next to each other online. It's so sweet. On June 9th, 1995, Colleen, Morgan's mom, wanted to spend some quality time with Morgan alone. So Colleen's mom, which was Morgan's grandma, watched the two other kids while Colleen and Morgan went to a Little League game in Alma, Arkansas, which is about 30-minute drive from Ozark. After eating grilled cheese, I think it's a Friday. I looked up like that date. Just, mm-hmm. I don't know, just so I can visualize I feel or like feel it. feel like it would be a Friday. Yeah, it was a Friday. So after eating grilled cheese sandwiches for dinner, Colleen and Morgan drove their Nissan to the ballpark. It was their first time visiting Alma and they were meeting friends, which is interesting to me that they were meeting friends and it was their first time ever to this town. So I wonder like how they met these friends was yeah like how good of friends were they how were they like yeah yeah and I couldn't find anything like what friends they were meeting and just anything about it who these friends were (laughs) how long they knew each other anything and if like the friends and stuff were still there Because they stayed at the game pretty late. I don't know when they got there, but I know that they stayed until I... Sorry, I gotta jump the gun. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's important. So Morgan went missing. Well, she was noticed to be missing around 10.45 p.m. So this is a six-year-old child who is out playing, and we'll get back to this, but that late at night. And that kind of makes me think... Why is a six-year-old at a baseball game, like, past 10 p.m.? I don't know if it was, like, a special treat thing. I remember when we were kids, like, having to go to bed when the light, when the sun was still out. It was, like, still light out. The sun <laughs> yeah, was out. Yeah, but we, I mean. And laying in bed, like, hearing kids playing in the street. Like, uh, that's how early. <laughs> we had a very different childhood <laughs> than most people. Though. I'm like, is this, like. We were very regimented. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And honestly, like. In my thinking, I guess I'm looking at it as it was a special treat Mm -hmm. and it was a Friday night and I'm sure Morgan's mom, she has three kids. Morgan's the oldest. She had the night off from like the two youngest. So she probably wanted to like have fun and socialize with adults just as much as like Morgan wanted to hang out. That's so true. It's like innocent fun. And it's 1045 on a Friday night for a six-year-old if you keep us yeah it's not that big of a deal but if that's like a nightly routine like that's not cool but Uh, so anyway back to the story of Morgan so they were watching the game with friends and a couple of of Morgan's friends I guess one was eight And this was Jessica. Her name was Jessica. And then a 10-year-old named Ty, they were asking Morgan to go catch fireflies with them on this, like, sandy hill. And at first, Morgan was a little reluctant. So I'm thinking, like, how close of friends, like, they're referred to as friends. But I don't know. Yeah, I could see her just, they're probably the only other kids maybe not playing actual baseball Maybe Mm -hmm. they just, kids do that. Just Um, try to include or? Yeah. Even an eight and 10 year old wanting to play with a six year old? Yeah, the 10 and six. But I don't don't know. know. Kids (laughs) are kids. Who knows? I don't think it's that weird. 
Okay. Yeah. And honestly, we grew up in California, which is not Arkansas. Like we, I don't know. I don't know how it is there. And I, and in the nineties, I just don't know. I'm yeah. not, I wasn't there to witness, but they kept asking Morgan to play. And then eventually she asked her mom, can I go play with the kids? And the mom reluctantly, hesitantly said it was okay just because she could see where this sandy hill was from where she was sitting so she can keep an eye on Morgan. So at 10 p.m., the kids went off to this hill to catch fireflies. About 15 minutes later is when they first realized that Morgan was missing. And this is where things get a little, I don't know, cloudy or weird so both ty and jessica say they saw this caucasian male standing by a red truck by his red truck i presume i've also read that morgan's friend said that they saw the man talk to morgan i've read that the man was leaning on his truck while they were playing and i've read that the man was watching morgan while she played and one thing that stands out to me is that they noticed him. So out of all these people, there were 300 people at the ballpark that night. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. So it was like crowded. And for them to spot out this creeper, I guess. That's okay. So in my mind, I was picturing like 20 people. Maybe 300. 300. Yeah, there were a lot of people. I know. Wow. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, look at this guy. And I just want, I want to know all the details. Like, what were the lights like at night? Yeah, um, the lighting. Did they have like stadium lighting? Yeah. And then the parking lot. Of course, they would have stadium because the yeah, player, the kids need to play and see the ball. But in the parking lot and just How around. Yeah. yeah, around. For them to see this guy... I would think a creep that's like trying to abduct someone and I'm just like making assumptions and hypothetical situation. But I would think that he would not want to be in like a lit up area enough to for the kids to notice him. So even if there are parking lot lights, you can go in these other areas that are dark. I don't know. So I don't, it's just weird to me, whatever the creep vibes so I watched an interview with both Jessica and Ty and that was filmed for the 20th anniversary of Morgan's disappearance which is like this horrible term I feel like we should have another term for it's described as anniversary like it you think of anniversary celebration yeah yeah yeah. but and their stories differ a little bit I think it might be because of the length of time that had passed from when Morgan went missing. But I'm going to quote an interview with actually with Colleen, the mom. She says at the very end of the game in the last 15 minutes, she went with them to catch lightning bugs. And as they were coming back to sit down with us, she sat down by my car to take sand out of her shoes. And that was the last time anyone ever saw her. Ty's recollection, which was once again, 20 years later in this video. So we went to the car to dump out all the sand and Jessica and I sat on the front of the car and Morgan was on the back of the car and being kids, we didn't think anything about it. When we got back up there, she was gone. And so was the guy's truck that was up there when we left. I don't know what up what there is. What is up there? Yeah, that's the... I don't... What? No. If they were all sitting on the same car, it doesn't matter. Front, back, whatever. 
Yeah. What's up there? We when we got and up she there, was gone. Yeah, like and here's another thing: why I brought up the whole wagon hatchback. It's easier on a car that has that trunk, but there's if you look at the picture of the car, I, there's a very like small bumper. But it's just, it just, it's a hatchback. So there's not a lot of space to, yeah. I don't, and as a kid, I'm thinking like, as a kid, if I have sand in my shoes, I'm going to just sit on the ground. Sit on the ground. Straight. If you're playing in dirty ass sand, you're not going to be all, oh, I'm going to go to the car to dump my sand out properly. It's, you just get off the sand and the, right when you get off the sand, you just dump the sand. So it just, I don't, and how did Jessica and Ty know that was Morgan's car? They were with her, but like, why would they separate and two go to the front, one to the back? Yeah. And Colleen, Morgan's mom said that it was just Morgan that went to the car to dump the sand and they were on their way back to meet up with the parents and only Morgan went to the car. So I, I don't know. There's just some discrepancies in, in the recollection and hmm. statement of that night. I wonder if they just left her and didn't want to admit that they just yeah if they yeah. felt bad or something. I who knows. Yeah, and and Jessica in her interview, she was very like clearly upset. She was crying, blaming herself, and she was quoted as saying, "So we just kept running down the hill, and then when we got." down to him and I'm not sure if she said him or um like down to him or him I don't know but either way it's like what does that mean that's when we realized that she was gone so that's a total discrepancy with the other stories it's just like when you got down to the hill or when you got back up the hill you realize because Ty is saying up the hill and you're saying when we got it sounds like maybe they just took off without her and then she was taken yeah which you know which isn't their fault they're little kids but yeah like they ditched her maybe or something we're trying to play i'm just thinking these older kids come on play with us play with us yeah come on on. it's let's play a trick on her and just leave her out there i don't know and i'm totally just making this up it's something to think about anyway so that's a little background about what led up to her disappearance and then the actual like disappearance itself okay and then I'm gonna pick up where Justine left off and I'm gonna be I'll repeat some information just because it's relevant so after they realized that Morgan was missing a few spectators at the Little League game noticed a man watching the kids playing in the park area near the Little League field like Justine had mentioned And the two friends had described the man as being creepy. And they also said that they at one point saw him talking to Morgan in the parking lot. So after an unsuccessful search conducted by spectators at the Little League field and Morgan's mom, I I guess they did a preliminary search around the field and the surrounding area and but somebody quickly made a call to law enforcement because they realized like she's not here something's terribly wrong and the police arrived within five to six minutes police officers began speaking with the witnesses that were still there and again they described this creepy man 
as being 23 to 38 years old. That's a pretty big age gap, but I <laughs> guess is. like it is. I don't know. I don't know if they're anything like me. I'm terrible. I guess I'm ages. super bad at it. So yeah. that sounds like an age range I would give. I don't know, like ten to fifty. Yeah, or height. I'm like, yeah. oh, if I ever I am know, asked about height, tall. yeah, <laughs> taller than me. About oh. Yay, high. Yeah. So twenty three to thirty eight years old, six feet tall, one eighty pounds, and they said he had like salt and pepper or black hair that was combed back, and he also had a mustache and stubble on his face. So police officers and Arkansas State Police, United States Marshals, and FBI began a search for Morgan in the small town of Alma, Arkansas, which at the time, just to give you context, the population of Alma was only, like, it was less than 4,000. Yeah, so another small town. Mm -hmm. So they scoured the whole entire town. And during the search, they were looking for, obviously, Morgan, and they were also looking for the suspect that the witnesses saw watching her and talking to her, as well as a red Ford pickup truck with a white camper shell that was too short <laughs> for the bed of the truck. And apparently that vehicle, very specific. It sticks out like a sore thumb. I mean, like, yeah. And it Whoa. was apparently seen with the suspect at the time of Morgan's disappearance. Witnesses also added even more detail to the vehicle and said that there was some damage to the right rear side of it. Wow. So they were looking for something very specific, easily identifiable in terms of a victim and then suspect going along with that. And then obviously Morgan. Unfortunately, even with those initial leads, which... In some cases, there's nothing to go on. Mm -hmm. They had a good amount of stuff to start with, but unfortunately, it led to nothing. Hmm. In the weeks and months following Morgan's disappearance, officers continued to conduct searches for Morgan and continued to look for the suspect and the vehicle. And they also, excuse me, and they also set up a 24-hour tip line With the hopes of generating some new leads, fresh leads. And they also posted Morgan's picture on flyers, billboards. They ran her picture everywhere. And they also posted the police sketch of the suspect and also provided the description of the vehicle. So they got that out there. Yeah, Yeah. they got it out there. Immediately. And Morgan's family actually moved in to the local fire station and they they lived there for weeks and the fire station actually became the volunteer headquarters wow which is such a small town thing yeah yeah which is so supportive and like heartwarming so morgan's Um, family moved into the local fire station for a few weeks a few weeks wow and they made that their volunteer headquarters As the details of Morgan's disappearance were spread all throughout the community, it was blasted on the news and posted everywhere. They were receiving accounts and tips of a suspicious man and a vehicle that matched the description of Morgan's suspect in that suspect's vehicle. Which is like super just very specific. specific. Yeah. Yeah. And there were two tips in particular that really caught the eye of 
the police with the first one being that they got a tip that on the same day that Morgan disappeared, there was a report of a four-year-old girl that was almost kidnapped in Alma. Same town as... Yeah, same day. Same, same day. town. Wow. Also a little girl mm-hmm. and also a kidnapping or potential kidnapping. Luckily, this little girl screamed her guts out and her mom came running and saved her. But the description that they gave of the suspect matched the description and the sketch of the suspect scene speaking with Morgan. Uh, and mm-hmm. on top of that, the vehicle description matched as well. Okay, so it's like most likely this guy tried to abduct this little girl earlier that day. She yeah. screamed. He learned, hey, I need to do something. Because that's something I always wondered is there was no like n- no screaming, no noise. Like the gr- four-year-old earlier, she screamed. And so it yeah. alerted her mom. So I'm thinking, why didn't Morgan scream? But he learned. it's like he learned from that and maybe like immediately just covered her mouth. Yeah. And it was dark. Yeah. At the baseball field. I'm assuming because this was the same day mm-hmm. that Morgan was abducted. I'm assuming that it happened earlier in the day. So like yeah. daytime. Yeah. He's which like- is ballsy. <laughs> yeah, mean, totally. Ew. Yeah. And then, okay, on top of that, the day after the attempted abduction of the four-year-old girl. So this is the day after Morgan was taken. Mm-hmm. There was a report of 12 miles away in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. A nine-year-old girl was, I don't know if she was like at a park or something, but according to her account, there was a man who also matched the description of the man seen at the baseball field talking to Morgan, tried to lure her into the men's bathroom with him. Ew. Yeah, she refused to go with him and luckily got away unharmed. Wow. But according to authorities, apparently it's not uncommon for offenders like that to have like cluster the, like cluster their attempts. So even after a successful say he did abduct Morgan. Yeah, it's like almost like a like a like a compulsion it, but even after getting one girl yeah like almost doing whatever, even probably more so after and then he's like oh, now I, yeah. oh my gosh it's so creepy and, um, scary. and it's also unusual for that many abduction attempts to occur in such close proximity of both location and time yeah these yeah. were super small towns yeah and it and was his like car stuck out three of them he, yeah within two days wow But again, despite having all of those promising leads, it led authorities no closer to finding Morgan, her potential kidnapper, or the vehicle. And there are many cases of children going missing, and authorities don't take it seriously enough at the beginning. And they may miss precious time in the beginning of the disappearance that they just unfortunately can't make up. But that's... Definitely not the case here. Mm-hmm. I feel like even for a small town, authorities acted very swiftly. They brought in other agencies immediately, knowing that they just didn't have the experience and man- manpower to take on the case there by themselves. And 
it's frustrating because despite their quick action, Morgan's still missing. Yeah. You know, yeah. and the suspect in the vehicle are still not found. <laughs> it, it's crazy. And I just think, I wonder if there are country roads that he went on because the time frame from yeah. when she went missing to when the police arrived to when they started searching. Yeah. So, like, I think you had mentioned there was a 15-minute time frame at the actual baseball park, right? Yeah, yeah. So she asked her mom if she could catch fireflies around 1030. And mm-hmm. then by 1045, she nobody could find her. So if we're believing, sorry, I shouldn't say that because they're little kids. And But if the accounts given by the two friends mm-hmm. are correct, that window would be much smaller than actually the 15 minutes because they had been playing and they were done playing and then they dumped their shoes and it was after they dumped their shoes. Yeah. But also the uh, Colleen said that Morgan had Colleen stated that Morgan had gone to the car to dump the sand out of her shoes before coming back. And I don't know if that's She's just listening to what the kids said. Yeah. That's what it seems because she has like openly expressed that the kids were brave for doing the interviews and she really appreciates anything. And so it might just be her filling in that. Yeah. Filling in the Mm -hmm. space. But okay, so let's give it 15 minutes. And then the police were there within five to six minutes. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And And they, they got on it and were searching pretty quickly so it's how far could this very specific vehicle specific suspect with this little girl how far could they get yeah and then so the next day how far what town was he in when so the next day it was 12 miles away and fourth smith wow fourth sorry yeah fort smith arkansas that the nine-year-old all miles had, so yeah. he it's almost like he hid away where no one could see I don't know I don't maybe know. he changed uh because that one I don't think the second tip mentioned that vehicle oh so maybe he switched vehicles at that point but yeah. he still met the description so, of yeah the, the physical description who knows maybe he like got rid of the car gosh but how do you um, like just grab another vehicle and why Who haven't knows? they found the vehicle? Like, it has to be somewhere. Maybe he had there. I can't remember off the top of my head what the case was. But there was that guy that, like, buried cars and vehicles. He would kill people and then bury the vehicles on his property. Yeah, but if this, that's a little far-fetched. But this town is so small that they yeah. know everyone and, like, where everyone lives and, like, their property. So I don't know. Like, where would he live? They'd surely someone like that would be a known uh, member well, of the community if that- i had to guess i would say he definitely did not live in alma he lived close to alma okay and then because you don't abduct in the town you live in. unlikely there are people that do that but if you're trying to be smart about it which he wasn't because he's like, no everyone's he was, all oh this creepy guy that yeah, has a everybody saw stumpy him. little like camper and a red truck that yeah yeah so anyway yeah so in 1996 so this is a year after morgan disappeared her mom colleen launched the morgan nick foundation which is a nonprofit that focuses on intervention education and legislation and according to a Fox 24 article that was written by Jennifer 
Penate. Penata. Spell it. P E N with a squiggle A T E. <laughs> with a squiggle. Written on December twenty second, two thousand nineteen. MNF provides direct support to families of missing children by printing and distributing flyers, working as a liaison with law enforcement and the media, providing free safety training and prevention sorry, providing free safety training to prevent abductions and advocating for legislation to protect children. According to its website, MNF holds an annual conference called Project Hope for Families with Long-Term Missing Children. That's really awesome, and it's it, she's dedicated her life to helping others. That's really admirable, and I believe I saw an interview with her, and she said that she also helps families who have missing adults. Oh, that's really good. Family members yeah. or fr- missing adults because she knows that they get lost in the system because yeah. it's like, oh, they're over 18. Yeah, blah, like, blah, oh, blah. yeah, they're over 18. They can be missing if they want. It's <laughs> Just great that she's created this resource for the anyone. Much. Yeah. So also in 1996, Arkansas changed the name of their child abduction emergency alert to the Morgan Nick alert system. Which, it's used by Arkansas law enforcement to warn the public of possible child abduction. And it's equivalent to the Amber Alert here in California, which works in the same way. Yeah. Beginning in 1997, age progression had been used to update photos of Morgan and show what she might look like at the age of 8, 12, and 27. So this was age progression that started in 1997 and continued. And in addition to the age progression photos of Morgan, there was an updated and more accurate version of the suspect sketch that was released in 2001 after authorities concluded that the suspect was most likely younger than they initially thought. And the updated sketch was a bit more refined. It was just... I don't want to say, like, better, but Mm -hmm. it looked, yeah, it was more detailed. And his beard was changed to look more like stubble, Mm -hmm. which was described by witnesses. Whereas the first sketch had a heavy beard. Yeah. Um, I saw those, and the first sketch looked like more defined jaw, like square jawline, mm-hmm. wider nose, and definitely thicker beard and mustache. And yeah. the second one had a thinner nose, thinner face, stubbly, all around like creepier looking. I'm Just creepy. Just like creepy guy, just like the kid said. Yeah, everyone described this guy as creepy. Super like, creepy. Yeah. If he didn't do anything, poor guy. <laughs> I just hanging like, out I'm in parking lots watching out. kids yeah. play. Yeah. Everyone's like this super creepy guy. With my tiny little camper. <laughs> Ew. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> he did do something, obviously. But yeah, yeah. We, we don't know that, but we know it. And then in January of two thousand two, police received a tip that seemed pretty promising due to the specifics that were provided by the caller. And the tip stated that Morgan Nick's body was buried on a property that was located in Boonville. And Boonville is roughly an hour away from Alma. So officers and agents went out to the property with a backhoe and dug in the area that the tipster had told them she was buried in. But they came up with nothing. Now, that's pretty much all the information I could find about that, which is unfortunate. I would like to know more about the dig. 
Yeah. And the like, collar. How much ground did they cover? Mm. Did they do a deep enough dig? Did they dig like a lot of the property? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I would just like to know more just about more. that. Yeah. And in November 2010, so obviously that dig came up with nothing. Mm-hmm. Like many of the leads. Yeah. <laughs> In November 2010, so eight years after the first tip came in about Morgan mm-hmm. being buried on the prop that property, another tip came in from a narcotics officer in Spiro, Oklahoma, which is about 30 miles away from Alma. That's it? Oh, so it's another state and... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And this was regarding a child molester that he was aware of in the area, and this... Child molester had actually been on Alma PD's radar since Morgan disappeared. The same guy? Like this Yeah. Wow. And the Oklahoma officer stated that the sex offender was currently in jail, but he thought that Alma PD should take a look at the offender's trailer and see if they could get any evidence of Morgan Nick being there. Um, Again, despite this being a seemingly good tip from a fellow officer, it again led nowhere. And the case pretty much stalled yet again. Wow. Over the years, Colleen Nick had stayed very hopeful that she would actually be reunited with Morgan. In June of 2012, that hope was tested after someone tried to purchase Morgan Nick's birth certificate, along with other vital personal documents. So because Morgan was listed as a missing person, the potential or the purchase of her birth certificate or the attempt to purchase it was immediately flagged. Obviously, Colleen is hoping that this is her daughter. Yeah, like she's trying, trying to, to get a job. Yeah, maybe or, establish some yeah. some sort of identity and she remembers who she is. Oh, and, yeah. But officers end up tracking this woman down and they realized very quickly that it was not Morgan. Wow. And it, instead, it was a 24-year-old girl named Tanya Smith. Put that name on blast. Yeah, Tanya, Tanya Smith. Smith. After interviewing Tanya Smith, she admitted to trying to steal Morgan's identity. And she was eventually convicted of identity theft and given a $2,500 fine, which is like whatever. Nothing. And she- six months of probation. All right. Colleen was obviously crushed. Yeah. You know, her hope of seeing Morgan alive again was lifted at the news that the birth certificate was trying to be purchased. And then it was completely obliterated after Mm. finding out it was just some young girl trying to steal her daughter's identity. Oh, my gosh. Which is taking advantage of this tragic event. Those are like the worst people. Trash person. Scum. Yeah. After receiving tips and dead end leads over the next, the following seven years, Yet another tip came in regarding the same property that they searched with backhoes. And this second tip was more detailed Hmm. and was again taken very seriously by law enforcement. And the tip directed authorities to a water well located on that property. And this time when they went to the property to search, they brought decomp dogs with them. Okay, that's smart. And searched the well on the property. And despite the dogs alerting to the smell of decomp in the well, there was still no sign of Morgan. So it was like actual decomp in the well that the dogs... According to what I Wow. Yeah. And this is frustrating mm-hmm. because I realize it's still an ongoing case, so they probably can't release... Or they definitely can't release a lot of information. But yeah. if somebody's calling in tips like this, 
Is it the same person calling yeah. in the tip? If that person actually has knowledge of the abduction and possible, let's just be honest, she probably was murdered. Yeah. And the murder of Morgan Nick, then it's don't be a coward and call in these stupid tips that the cops can't do. Like they're trying to do something with it, but it's not. If you knew, if you know something about it, just go to the actual Say police it. and yeah. talk to them. It might be just somebody it might be like, fake, ugh. which is even worse. Taking the resources, time, effort, and hope, finances, and know? hope. Yeah, and it's if this is the same person calling, which it probably is. Years later, too. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, there's like a good amount of time between. And I wonder who lives on that property and. I think, okay, so from what I understood, the tip came in and the first tip came in and the previous owners had moved from that location. So they, it was new owners that let them dig on that site. Okay. Even that information wasn't provided to us. Like, yeah. we don't know who the previous owners were. Which is understandable, but yeah. also. Uh, I want to know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. You know, to this day, it's 25 years later, and Alma Police Department, they still get tips on a weekly basis, which is insane. They'll mm, get a few okay. tips a week. And one recent tip came from the Murder Squad with Paul Holes and Billy Jensen. Yes, and I listened to that, and I love that one. <laughs> if you don't listen, you should. Their November 23rd episode actually covered the case of Morgan Nick. And in the end of that episode, they discussed the fact that they had called in this tip regarding a possible suspect named Richard Davis. And Richard Davis lived in Abbott, Arkansas at the time of Morgan's disappearance. And Abbott, Arkansas is about 15 minutes away from Alma, Arkansas. And Richard Davis was a short haul trucker. I don't know if that means anything. Yeah, like, but just like a background. He or, would know the roads and oh all. Oh my gosh, you know. yeah, that's true. And he was known to drive not a red truck with mm -hmm. a white camper, but a brown truck with a white camper shell. With a white camper shell. Was yes. it a, a stubby, short camper <laughs> I don't shell? Know. I okay. didn't go into that. Right. But he actually, he drove that vehicle during the time of Morgan's disappearance. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, Richard Davis also closely resembles the sketches of the suspects seen in the area when Morgan disappeared. If you look at an older picture, obviously he won't resemble the sketch now because it's yeah. been 25 years. But at the time, if you look at his picture and a sketch, the sketch, either of the sketches, it's like they closely Enough. resemble each yeah. other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And... Even though Richard, just to be very clear, he is not a suspect a right now, of but interest, he is being maybe? looked at. Yeah. Okay. And it seems like a pretty promising lead. Yeah. Um, definitely. Like if Billy and Paul, my friends. Yeah. Um, if, <laughs> first name basis. If they have named a person of interest and have a podcast episode about it, naming him, I would think that it's valid yeah like they're not going to be just throwing people's names out I, there willy-nilly do you know how the they found this guy and like um, this tip and so it's somehow connected to a another case that they covered yeah and okay. I, I didn't go too deep into it because i didn't want to go way off track but yeah it's a oh excuse me somehow related to a previous case that they covered and he's like a known sex offender and child yeah. molester. And oh, he, wow. He matches the description. 
He had a vehicle that was very similar to the one that was seen when Morgan went missing, as well as the same vehicle that was seen at that other abduction. He lived, like, very close. Yeah, and it's, okay. Brown and red can be very... Like like a faded... Yeah, yeah. like a faded red to one person could be a brown to another person. Yeah, totally. So Mm -hmm. that part doesn't, like... It doesn't... To me, that doesn't matter. I'm like, brown and red could be the same. Yeah. I don't know if that's like wishful thinking because I hope that they find the person. Especially at night, if the streetlights are shining on the car. And then once one person says red, everyone's like, oh yeah, it was red. Yeah. So as of, obviously, I know we've said it a million times, as of right now, Morgan's still missing. The suspect is still out there. The vehicle has still not been found. But I did want to give you guys... Assuming that anyone's listening to this. There's tons of people um, So if you have any information regarding Morgan Nick, it can be called into the Alma Police Department at 479-632-3333. Or you can call the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children at 1-800-THE-LOST. So that's 1-800-843-5678. Thank you for doing that. Thank That's you. really important. And you hear it all the time and crime podcast, true crime podcasts and any true crime shows at any little tip, even if you don't think it's important, it could be important. It yeah. could be. You have no idea how it could like. Yeah, you don't know together. what's important and what's not. But if it strikes you as even slightly important, call it in. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, thank you guys for listening and uh, tune in for our next episode. Yeah, and our next episode could be formatted differently. It could be the same. Yeah, you don't know. Tag teaming a case, or we could each cover our own. Yep. Or we could have a test. Yeah. You never know. Just keeping things fresh here. (laughs) Bye. Um, Thank you. Bye. Bye.